Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast, the must-listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to the Times Magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride-to-be and in the best relationship of my life. So, If you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love Is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo Agnian episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right but haven't yet found Mr. Right? then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate because love is coming for you, baby, in more ways than one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I have to be honest straight away. I'm feeling really quite nervous to record this. Um, You may or may not know that I have been off social media for a month. Um, But just to be really completely honest, but a couple of things... um, I have done a weekly clubhouse room with um, the women I'm in a mastermind with, which I was already committed to. Um, And I also have a program running at the moment with a Facebook group. So I've been supporting in there, but that has been it. Um, And let me just say, it's been bloody transformational, really transformational. So I wanted to do a whole podcast episode on it. Um, And you may think, what on earth has this got to do with helping me improve my love life? Well, I promise you, if you stick around, you will see. Um, I know, I just know that some of what I'm going to share is really going to hit home for people and um, for different reasons. So, you know, particularly if you have been feeling the pressure to keep up online, that was one of the main reasons that I needed to come off is that feeling of just like feeling like I was on a treadmill. Um, or a hamster on a wheel, rather, just going round and round and round and just needing to keep going. Um, you will also relate to this if you are constantly comparing yourself to your peers and also strangers on Instagram. An old habit of mine. Hopefully, um, I won't be doing that, at least not to the same extent, after this month-long hiatus. And you're also going to relate if you have been feeling overwhelmed and obsessive around dating apps, or to be honest, any sort of app, any sort of tech whatsoever. I promise you this is going to speak to you. So in this episode, I will be sharing why it was crucial I did a month-long social detox and why I believe you should do it too. Um, I'll be sharing how my time offline has absolutely saved my relationship, plus the number one best thing to come out of my social detox. God, I really, I do really feel so weird saying this because I've also... um, I actually know I've I've recorded a few podcasts, but I haven't been sharing anything. I really just did the best I could over the last month throughout March to clear my schedule. Um, I've been working on my upcoming book, Love is Coming, which is all about how to find real love in a superficial world. And that will be coming out this July. Um, And it's in a good place. Currently, it's with the editor. There's still a lot of work to do. Um, and you know, a a while to go, I've got a Ted talk coming up as well, which is super exciting. So I've really been in the creative zone. And to be honest, I kind of, (laughs) 
I'm a bit livid at myself that I didn't do this before. Um, I've taken, you know, five days off here and there off social media, but it it does not compare to a month. And I, what I would liken it to is, um, you know, I've gone traveling, traveling. I've lived in other countries, which is is a completely different experience from traveling. And, you know, I, there's there's one thing going on holiday for a week or two weeks, but going away for, I think, at least a month um, but when it be- kind of becomes a traveling experience as opposed to a holiday is it does something to your body. It does something to your um, nervous system and your energy when it's an extended period of time. And I, you know, I just knew um, that, in fact, let's just dive in, you know, the, first, the why I did this, why I needed to do a whole month and why I believe you should too, because, oh God, I've shared quite openly, um, I think, yeah, certainly on Instagram. I don't know if I've talked about it in, in podcasts. Probably I have. My memory is shot shit, quite frankly, especially with COVID. Like, I feel like I feel like everything has just sort of all morphed into one, hasn't it? And I, I know a lot of people relate to that. Um, but I was sharing before I came off social media how this year I have started going to Workaholics Anonymous. Now, you might look at me and even some of my friends when I've told them have been like, you're not a workaholic. Um, and the fact is I might not have looked it because I, um, you know, I still try as best I could took evenings off. Um, I, as best I could took weekends off, uh, and, you know, fun for me and time with my friends and family has always been important. So that, that wasn't like, you know, a banker who was working, like sleeping two hours a night. That wasn't me. It was my relationship with work. Um, which quite frankly has been not good like since I was very young. Um, I I realised, you know, I've talked about very openly how, you know, my parents struggled with addiction when I was growing up and they got uh, sober for good sort of a day at a time in my mid-teens when I was about 16. Uh, and I had always thought that, you know, that my, and in fact, it, it was true that my sex and love addiction, which if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that that's really why I do what I do. I completely toxic mental um, relationships and um, with, with you know, in relationships and sex and all of that jazz, which I don't want to talk about today because that's not the topic today. But, you know, that started from a young age and that was in relation, you know, largely in part in, in reaction to to growing up in addiction. Um, and I got a lot worse when my parents got sober. What I hadn't realized was even before that, even before I got into boys, um, I was already like work and being the best at school and getting top marks that was like ever since I can remember from a very young age like getting solos at school me and my best friend childhood oldest friend Selena like we laugh about it now but my god we were so competitive with each other to like an unhealthy level to the point where we would like copy like we we would have to copy off the school off the board like in primary school and uh it was always a race who could finish copying off the board first like it was so so childhood I mean we were children to be fair um but it you know that competitiveness and that obsessiveness and that needing to be the best um which absolutely showed up in my acting career and when when I came out of drama school like I did very well uh in education and drama school you know getting lead roles and all of that sort of thing when I came out of drama school and basically fell flat on my ass <laughs> um couldn't quite believe it my ego got really bruised um 
I, yeah, like that's when I really spiraled and like dived headfirst into the sex and love addiction. Like there was no tomorrow. And I hadn't seen up till very recently the correlation between my unhealthy relationship with work and my unhealthy relationship with my romance uh, and my romantic life. Now, obviously, for the last God decade, I've been slowly but surely working on my romantic life. And so today I live an, an amazing life. I live with my fiance. We've just bought a house in the countryside um, in our dream location. All of that has been flowing. Obviously, by no stretch of the imagination are we perfect. We have our challenges like everyone else, but we we know how to navigate them in healthy ways. Um but yeah, that was a far cry, I realized at the beginning of this year from my relationship with work. Uh, and actually COVID just, that, you know, that was the biggest thing COVID did for me. Like I, there was a lot of, um, obviously a lot of women reaching out to me over the last year, struggling in their love lives because of how, how COVID had impacted it. And so I went hell for leather, creating new products, new programs, uh, took on so many clients, created a po- this, this podcast and all of these things are great. You know, I'm really proud of them. But it was too much. It was just too much. I was trying to be all things to all people. Um, And I know a lot of you're a coach or if you're in the online space, I know a lot of you have been telling me the same thing. And um, it took a long time for me to realize the impact that was having on my love life. And I'm going to come to that um, shortly. But I just want to talk about, yeah, what I realized, you know, why I needed to do a whole month was it needed to be long enough that I really felt time to to kind of wean myself off because a week, you know, if you if you've got to think about it, these all of these apps um, are designed to be addictive. They are. Now it's not to say, you know, I don't think you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater and kind of completely renounce modern life unless that's that's your path and that's what you want to do. And I, to be honest, I totally understand why you'd want to do that, Joe. In fact, Joe's like dream would just be to like go and live in on a beach in Costa Rica and sell coconuts and just live in a hammock. He would be happy as a pig and shit if he if he could do that. Um and you know, I've always kind of wanted a little bit, a little bit more than that. But actually, I do kind of see the plus sides of simplicity, especially in the modern day. But yeah, the last year, I, I just was getting just I was so exhausted, so obsessive, mindless, numbing out and scrolling on social media. And look, it's not that I didn't do that before, but it definitely stepped up a notch in the last year. Um, that coupled with comparison comparison to strangers, comparison to friends online, even though, you know, these friends in my real life, I know them very well. And and the real life stuff was all good. But for some reason, I would become a bit like weirdly, like comparing, like looking at their life online and comparing my reality with that, even though that I knew, I know that that wasn't telling the whole story because it never does. Like my social media doesn't bloody tell the whole story because we don't have time. We don't have time to tell everything. Um, and to share everything, no matter how vulnerable people are on social media, it's still curated. You better believe even what I'm sharing now, I'm, I'm speaking from the heart, but it's still, you know, I'm not telling you every single part of every single thing because I just, you'd be bloody bored, to be honest. You might be bored now for all I know. Um, but yeah, the comparison was getting off the charts, um, just my stress levels and realizing, you know, this is what's been so interesting. I joined Workaholics Anonymous fucking changed my life. If you in any way relate to what I'm saying so far, please just go online and Google Workaholics Anonymous and look it up. All the meetings are held over Zoom, which is very, very, very convenient. Read through the literature on the website and just see if you relate. Because the reality is like, 
workaholism is something that we certainly I but I think the whole world like we live in a capitalist system it absolutely celebrates um you when you're when you're doing well um and it celebrates the hustle and the grind and so I didn't realize I had a problem I just thought I was like productive and hard working and you know was wondering why am I getting these headaches why am I feeling like so anxious why am I feeling like nothing I do is ever good enough and like it just you know constantly on the treadmill like surely the fact that I've created my own business and doing, and I am someone who's doing work I love and I'm so passionate about. And then I realized like, whilst I was, when I was coaching a client or my group coaching, or when I'm writing, when I'm doing those bits, I feel completely lit up, but it's all the other stuff that comes with running a business and just the to-do list. Like, and I think we all can all relate the to-do list just completely out of control, completely bonkers. And just like feeling like no matter how much I crossed off it, there was always more to do. It was like a game of bloody whack-a-mole. Like you whack that one and then something else pops up. And I just thought, God, if, if I keep going, because it, it's progressive, all addictive behavior is progressive. And I thought, if I keep going, I'm going to land up in hospital over this because like my adrenals are just shot to shit. And I just knew that a week was not going to be enough. I really needed to do a long stretch of time. And I believe that if you were relating to anything I'm saying, and to be honest, I just don't believe in the modern world that I, I just feel like you, if you don't relate, at least in part to what I'm saying, then quite frankly, you're doing really fucking well and you are an anomaly because we have been wired to be addicted to technology and I'm not, as I said, it's not about throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but it is about resetting. I'm such a big fan of resetting ourselves from the inside out because it's only when it's like, you know, for example, when I, um, if a client comes to me and is going through a breakup, the first thing I'll say is six months, no contact, six months, no contact, because you need to get, you need to have long enough to get that other person out your system. Um, and it's same with, with any sort of detox if you want to start to see lasting results, you need to um, you need to do it for long enough to start to see the benefits. And so I know having taken this time off, and by the way, just so you're clear, like the first week, maybe not even a whole week, I did keep picking up my phone to check the app just out of habit and it wasn't there because I deleted it. But I haven't really had a craving. There's been one thing um, where I've wanted to check up and see if a friend was okay who's... who's um, you know, there was one time when I really felt like, oh my God, you know, what, like the kind of the wanting to stalk thing came up. There was a few other people basically like, you know, I'd read a magazine and I thought, oh my God, I want to check her Instagram. But that passed very quickly. Like I haven't found it hard to not be on there. Um, I have found that the benefits have so outweighed the any negatives and short-term like impulse to check up on people or check what's going on and feel like I'm missing out. The sort of space that I've had is just life-changing and and because I've done this for such a long time now I know and I'm not saying I'm going to go back and do it perfectly and I'm not going to have the occasional binge because I'm human and of course I'm that's inevitable but I am so much more committed to implementing strict boundaries for myself around social media use um so for example one thing I want to do is and I, I was doing this but not perfectly before and kind of lapsed here and there and I want to be a lot more committed to you know not checking social or anything before nine and not checking it after eight maybe even earlier when I'm watching a film put it in the other room if I'm having dinner with friends phone away not even on the table um 
it's for me it really was the mindless scrolling and I think as well one thing I want to do is and I you know this was all intentions before but I just didn't commit is you know I listen I run an online business um I do actually love being on social media to a degree when I'm when I feel like I'm in control of it and it's not controlling me and the way that I know that works for me is um to have a set amount of time and a specific time each day to go, that's my time to do my social media. I can create my content then and then I can have a little bit of a, you know, see what's going on and that's fine, but that's my cutoff like this for this period of time. So that's what I'm going to be doing um, when I go back on and I will absolutely let you know how that goes. Anyway, that this whole first section has gone on longer than I intended it to, typical me. So let's move on to the next part and this is... Um, this is about how my time offline saved my relationship. So when I am feeling exhausted, when I'm feeling stressed out, particularly during a launch period, so that means for anyone who doesn't know, um, if, if you're launching um, a product or a program, some of you might know my flagship program, Get Your Soulmate. So um, usually I would do two launches of that a year, but I've only been, I'm only doing one from now on. And it's, it's amazing, but it's also really stressful. And there's a lot that goes on, a lot of moving parts. And when I'm in that zone and I, you know, I've got an amazing team to support me, but still because of my workaholism, I'm like highly adrenalized. And one thing I've learned in Workaholics Anonymous is when you're, so if you're a uh, alcoholic or a, uh, you know, food addict um, drug addict, whatever it is, you are addicted to some form of a substance. Um, I tradition not traditionally historically my uh, recovery in 12 steps has actually been Al-Anon which is for friends and family of addicts and alcoholics so that work has been focused around how to like codependency and relationships so more being addicted and same with sex and love addicts anonymous being addicted to another person or relationship or unhealthy patterns in relationship but not a substance with workaholism you are addicted to certain behaviors but now this was so interesting. You are actually a substance addict. You're addicted to adrenaline, the highs and the lows, and you can generate that adrenaline from within yourself. That blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, that adrenalized like fight or flight mode, just like constant sort of running like that, like powering on coffee. That is uh, an addiction to a substance that you create in your own body. So you can literally be the drug dealer and the drug user. And that terrified me that absolutely terrified me um and so you know what's been amazing this last month I really feel that my whole and of course I've had moments of being adrenalized of course I have but generally speaking I feel like my whole body is just like exhaled that's how I would describe this last month I feel like I've exhaled and it's so nice um but yes, going back to it, the way it affected my relationship is Paul Joe's the one who gets the brunt of that when I'm in that state. Like I would lash out at him or just pick at him or, you know, and whilst I get that that's normal to a degree in a relationship, I'm a love coach. Like I need to have integrity and I need to show up. It actually makes me really emotional saying this. Like I, more than other people perhaps in relationships, like I really need to show up and do my best. Um, and it doesn't mean I need to be perfect, but I, I need to commit to being a better partner than I feel I have done. And I think my job, not I think I know my justification for that is, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of our future. So I'm working super hard now before we have kids and dependents. Um, and 
in order to do that, this is I've, I've just got to be stressed. That was that was my thinking. Um, to a degree, it was subconscious, uh, unconscious thinking, but it was there certainly. Um, and actually, you know, this is a quote that I've really been trying to live by this year, and it's from Danielle Laporte, and she says the the journey has to feel the way you want the destination to feel. And I realized like if I, I'm doing all this like really hard work for mine and Joe's future in the way that he does as well, but Joe works super hard in his job and yes, he can be exhausted, but he doesn't take it out on me. Oh God, this really, I was not expecting to share um, to this extent, but here we are. So I'm feeling quite emotional with it. Um, I'm certainly feeling more raw now that I'm not kind of feeling so adrenalized in work. That's tends what happens, you know, when when the alcoholic or the addict puts down their drug of choice. It's like then your all your emotions that you have been using your drug to numb out on. That's when they come out, um, which is exactly what needs to happen. So you know, whilst as I said, I don't need to be perfect. I do need to be as much of an example as I possibly can. And I need to stop living in that, oh, when when we are there, then I will show up better. Because I realized that's like so hypocritical of me because I teach my clients like you need to show up in your relationship, um, in your in your life and your love life when you're single as you would in the relation as if you would when you were in that relationship. And I realized how uh I did that for such a long time, but over the last few years with my work, I have not been doing that. Like I've, you know, I've got the relationship. So I guess in a way I got a bit complacent and I've been really fixated on, on, on the future and our future and, and at the expense of our present. And whilst, you know, listen, we've by no means been at breaking point at all. Like we've been great for the most part. I would say like our relationship, 75, 80% amazing, but bloody hell that 25, 20% like the growth zone has been really hard. And that's, that's what this has been for me. That's what this has been for me looking at my workaholism and realizing like, I want Joe to feel my joy and my, like me being relaxed. And, and, um, and I certainly feel like this past month, that's been so much more the case. And it's been amazing. Um, you know, one thing that I found myself doing and, and listen, he can absolutely do it as well. Um, is, is scrolling, you know, being on the phone when we're, we're supposed to be watching a movie or when we're talking to one another and we're just both on our phones or one of us is on the phone when the other's telling a story. And it's like, no, be here with me. Look at me. Put your phone down. Uh, and, you know, we can do this with friends, we, as in all of us, you know, family. And we've got to be much more diligent. I really believe that. It's rude. It's really rude and it's really disrespectful to... Uh, to place your phone's worth over the person that you are with in real life. But again, this is how we are being programmed. So we have to take responsibility and we have to set boundaries for ourselves. So my nights have been so different because I, for the most part, just haven't even had my phone there. I haven't done that 100% of the time, but a hell of, you know, a good sort of 75, 80% of the time, I'll just put my phone elsewhere. And it's been easier because I'm like, well, Instagram's not on there anyway. So what, like, what am I really that that was always my biggest scroller. So yeah, for me the way it saved our relationship is that it's it's helped our relationship thrive because it's reminded me of why we're together and what we love so much about each other and and we, you know he's my best friend in the world. Like we just we're mates, we get on so well. But you know, I 
I need to remember to put us and him above my work um, and not use the, oh, but this is for our future as an excuse, as I had been doing. It doesn't mean that you don't show up and you, you know, focus and you do your work and all of that sort of stuff. But I want to do that from a place of joy as opposed to a place of stress and feeling like I have to, because what the hell is the point in running my own business if I've got this tyrannical boss, which is myself? And that's what I realized. I'm like, I am way more of a tyrannical boss than any boss I've ever had. And let me tell you, I've had some real nutters in the past, some real nutters. Um, so yeah, uh, I just, I just feel that another thing that's been amazing is my relationship with time has changed so much. Like my days feel so much longer since I've been off social media um, in, in a great way. Like I just feel more present. I feel time like, so I've been editing my book and I just thought there's no way I'm going to get it finished in the deadline for the editor. And somehow it's like time just collapsed itself and I don't even know how it happened, but but it did. Like I got every. I've never ever in my life done a work project, and ha- and finished it early with time to spare ever. But since I got off social media, that's what's happened. And it's not just because I wasn't on social media procrastinating. It was just seriously my whole relationship with chi- time changed, and I can't explain it other than say that you need to experience. You need to do the month long detox yourself um, for you to to understand what I'm talking about because I just can't put it into words. And for anyone who is feeling like, oh my God, massive FOMO, you won't feel that. Firstly, if there's ever a time to do it, it's now because nothing's fucking going on in the world anyway. I'm not supposed to swear on this. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. If there's ever a time to do a month long social media, uh, social media detox, it really is now. And do it ASAP um, because yeah, nothing's going on and you just really find you enjoy yourself more. And listen, the friends who, your real friends, you will connect over WhatsApp or you'll call each other. By the way, I don't consider WhatsApp social media. Um, Although you could argue it is, but yeah, I didn't go that far. But do you know what, in a way, I do think next time I do it, I might might definitely do a coming off WhatsApp for a week and see how I got on with that. Um, Anyway, listen, I can't recommend it enough. But now I want to talk to... (laughs) This is where I'm going to get really emotional. And I really wish that I was filming it for this, but I will do an Instagram video for the purposes of seeing what I'm about to talk about. So the number one best thing to come out of my social detox. I'm literally getting emotional. (sighs) We've got a new puppy. (laughs) We've got a new golden cockapoo puppy who's eight weeks old and his name is Reggae. And he is... Like literally, I sound like I've just had an actual human baby, but it's this is like it is the most unbelievable thing in the world. Like I have wanted my own dog and a dog with Joe for so like really since ever since I first met Joe and met his cockapoo puppies, which is like a week after meeting him. His cockapoo dogs, sorry, his parent, well, his parents' cockapoo dogs, um, red and blue. It's a chocolate one and a black one, and they are just so gorgeous. Like I, I think they might have even been one of my first experiences of cockapoos. They are just the most amazing natured dogs in the world. And um, so, yeah, ever since I met them, God, five and a half years ago, I just wanted one with Joe. And then we moved out to the countryside. Like, I basically, I've done a lot in the last month. I haven't even told you about the bloody car. Like, I hadn't driven for a year. No, not a year, a decade. <laughs> Slightly different. I hadn't driven for a decade. And I've moved out to the countryside. And whilst we live within walking dif- distance of the um, 
Cranley Village, which is the biggest village in the UK. So it's more like a small town. I don't actually need need a car, but I just knew like if ever there's a time, you know, I've moved to the countryside, got to get it. And so completely got outside my comfort zone driving. It was really scary at the beginning. Um, but now, uh, I, I love it and I feel like an adult. I really feel like an adult since we moved out here. So for me, it's been so much like literally the last three months moved in out of London into the countryside, bought our own house, bought a car, started driving after a decade and bought a dog. And he came on Sunday. It was actually a surprise. He came a day early and, uh, Oh my god, he's just the most gorgeous thing. I'm absolutely exhausted as I'm as I'm recording this because uh yeah, he's he's obviously had some very sleepless nights and it's really hard to have the puppy in the crate crying all night and not go to it. Um but that's what I'm told is got to do and he's already coming on leaps and bounds. And he's pooing outside and weeing outside um which is amazing for a few days. But um, the way that he came about, like, and the reason I'm sharing this is it's so, like, it's literally what I tell my clients about um, about attracting in your soulmate is you've got to be really clear on what you want, firstly. And I was so clear, Joe and I were so clear we wanted a golden cockapoo. Um, now, this year, I it's a big year. Like, we, well, we were supposed to get married. That's been moved again. It was supposed to get married last year. That was moved this year. Then it was moved to next year. Um, but I have a book coming out and a TED talk. So I've got stuff on. Um, and our, our, we literally live in a gran- granny bungalow at the moment until we get renovations done. And that's going to be coming up soon. So there's there's a lot of stuff going on. But currently, we've got these disgusting, although I have started falling in love with them, like 70s carpets. And we have been talking about, you know, if ever there's time to get a puppy, like we don't give a shit if the puppy destroys these carpets, because, you know, we're not going to be keeping them. You can't even tell. They're so gross. You can't even tell anyway. So anyway, I I was finding like I was getting a little bit obsessive and like looking on pre-loved and like looking on all these websites for um, a dog. And and it's the same with social. I was like, oh, this isn't feeling good anymore. I'm feeling stressed out about this and I don't know what to do. And I've, I've you know, I've, I've come off social media. Like, this is literally the week I came off social media. I was like, I've come off social media to stop the scrolling and numbing out on on um, online. And I feel like I'm doing it over this dog. So do you know what? I'm going to step away from looking up puppies. And I just said to the universe, I was like, if I'm meant to have a dog, uh, I trust that you will just bring it to me. And I don't need to stress about it. Like you'll make it really clear. And to be honest, when I said that, I was like, we're not going to get one till earliest the end of this year. And I'm not joking. That same day, <laughs> Joe goes, oh, by the way, babe, um, you know that puppy that we looked at? Because we've been looking at a few together. And I didn't know how much Joe was looking by himself as well, but he just kind of went with the flow. And he was much more relaxed about it than I was. Um, and he said, you know, that puppy that we love the look of, well, it's in Cranley, in our village. And um, I've put a deposit down and it's coming in three weeks. <laughs> it was like, what? Come again? which immediately I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I was like, oh, this is exactly what I coach clients through with. They work with me, they attract in their partner. And then as soon as they do, they freak out about it. All their commitment stuff comes up, which is exactly what happened with this dog. I had three weeks and then there was all this list of stuff to do. And I just thought, you know what? I want to have the same approach with it where I'm not like stressing out about the to-do list of the, you know, the doggy to-do list. And so I just said to the universe, thank you that all of this sort of happens just organically and it just feels easily. And that's exactly what happened. Just everything, 
all the sort of stuff we needed to do just sort of it just took care of itself I can't even explain this goes back to my relationship with time my relationship with like things on my to-do list all of that changed and I've just been flowing with it since I came off social and I'm um, obviously one of the best things about not being on Instagram whilst I've taken a million videos and pictures just because like I want to remember this for myself and I will absolutely I, I'm not going to make his own page on Instagram even though I'm tempted to just because I can't have another thing to, another like social to manage but I will have he will have his own highlight he'll probably have about four because you can only have a hundred on there <laughs> I probably got already got about a hundred um but I, and I'm just so bloody in love with him. But yeah, I have been present with this puppy all, I mean, he came on Sunday. What day am I recording? It's now Thursday. God, it feels like a lifetime and it's only been four days. But um, I've been present with him because I I haven't been, whilst I've taken pictures and videos, it's not been like, I better, I've got to show everyone and what's everyone's reactions to him. Now I know that's something I want to be really on guard with when I go on social again and it sounds so bloody trivial, but I know anyone who has a dog will totally relate to this. I, I want to be able to post without then feeling that like in moment stuff, if that makes sense. Like, like I've got to, I've got to see like, what are people's reactions? Like, I don't want to be a slave to that. I just want to really, to be honest, I want to post it. So I've got a clear thing for myself. Um, and so I don't have to clog up because my phone is so clogged up with pictures and I want to delete them. So, so that's been amazing being present with it, with that little baby. And he's just, I mean, you will meet him on IGTV and you will fall in love. Like I've, I mean, I know that everyone probably says this about their baby and dog, but I have never seen a more beautiful puppy or dog in my life. Like seriously, he is an absolute dream. And the final thing I want to talk about, and again, I'm probably going to get emotional. Like if you've been following me for a while, um, this is something I talk about explore in my book I have for ever since I can remember been terrified by the idea of motherhood and whilst I totally get that canine motherhood is not the same as as real life motherhood what I will say and and friends of mine who have dogs um and babies have said it is the closest thing you can get having a puppy like I used to have horses well ride horses and look after horses back in the day and that is a huge commitment but um it was at my friend's parents' stable. So I wasn't, you know, whilst I was going there very regularly and looking after them and they, you know, take a lot of work with a puppy, like you, they're in the house with you. So there's no downtime and, you know, you have to get up and clean its shitty crate and, and just all of those things and deal with the crying. And it, it, it's, it's really been an experience. Like I've grown up with dogs, but I've, um, my parents, got a dog for the first time when I was in upper sixth form so like 17 18 but my mum was you know it was her baby so she was looking after the dog I can't even really remember it that well to be honest but I've never been solely responsible for an animal like the way me and Joe are now and it has shown me because I, honestly I just always thought like I am would be the shittest mum I don't think I've got a maternal bone in my body. And yet there's always this thing in me that was like, but maybe you do. And I think that I had to get this dog. <sighs> so sorry. I had to get this dog to um to show that part, to show myself that part of myself, which I did see when I used to look after horses, actually. I remember that from such a long time ago, but it's just been lying so dormant because I've played with dogs, I've looked after dogs, but I've not I've not been responsible and certainly not for a puppy like like we are now and it is a very different thing when the buck stops starts and stops with you.
starts and ends, whatever the expression is. And so, you know, I find myself calling myself mummy to him and calling Joe daddy and like watching Joe with him has been the most like precious, beautiful experience. Cause I'm like, my God, you are a father. Like you just are born to be a dad. And we're a really good team. Like, you know, he takes the night shift. I take the morning shift. Like he completely serendipitously got given two weeks off um, the film job he's on. Like total coincidence, timing, the boss didn't even know. Um, so he's here for the first two weeks, which is obviously the most important. And and it means, you know, he's in the other room right now looking after the dog. The dog, the dog is literally playing, shitting, weeing, eating or sleeping on repeat, just like human babies. Um, and I just feel so supported. And I just know that that puppy was meant to be ours. Like I cannot, I'm like already, I'm like, I can't imagine our lives without him. I've only bloody had him for four days. And so that is the miracle that came out of this social detox. I did not expect that to happen so quickly, but I also know that it was just divine timing because being off social, I really, yeah, as I said, I've been so present and here for the experience. And it's just shown me that I want to do that for any other big thing. Um, Like, you know, when we eventually, one of these days when we get married, I don't want to be on social for the two weeks surrounding that wedding. Um, I don't even want to be on my phone because you just, you know, that's the one time you know that people will be taking videos and pictures. Like you don't have to worry about it. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's another big thing. Just like all of the, the big moments in my life, I don't need, I don't need in real time to be filming everything. And I think the next big thing I want to do is go traveling and not, and not be posting anything in real time. Um, yeah, I, th- I I actually think I'm going to do this at least once a year for a, for a whole month and probably do like a two week one elsewhere, like so sort of six months apart. Um, because it's certainly another thing traveling, like I'd be in these amazing places and just feel such a pull to like show everyone at home or even at festivals. And it's just like, again, you can take some videos and pictures, but do you have to be doing it all in real time? Because when you are, you're just not you're just not present for it. That's what, in my experience anyway. And I want to be present for my life. I want to be here and actually be in the moment because when you are, you you realize like, why the fuck was I posting all that? Like, I'm, you miss it. Like you miss it when you're not, you're not there in the moment. And, and that's my commitment. And I'm not saying I'm going to do it perfectly, but I really, really want to prioritize it so much more than I have been. Oh God, this has been long and it's kind of been pretty rambly as ever. You know, I'm good at the old rambles, but um, yeah, it's been, it's been really beautiful to connect with you, even though you're not here right now, Um, whenever you're listening to this, you know, time collapses and um, it's all happening right now anyway, really, isn't it? That's a bit esoteric for the ending of the podcast episode. I'll leave you with that. Make of it what you will. Anyway, listen, I hope that this has been helpful. I hope that it has um, resonated. And I'm genuinely, probably of all the podcast episodes I've ever done, I would really love to hear from you, Um, especially around the work addiction stuff, Um, especially around, and by the way, can I just, little caveat, with work addiction, it might not just be work. Like for me, it's not just work. It's anything to do with the to-do list. It's like activity, like even on a weekend feeling I've got to be doing things, crossing off stuff on my to-do list, planning next week, 
going and doing something productive on a Saturday, you know, like always just got to be doing stuff, got to be doing stuff, got to be doing stuff. Like that's how I feel enough and worthy. It's so insidious. Like as I put down the sex and love addiction stuff, that is really what came, like started to flare up. Um, and, and of course, again, my head was like, oh, you're just a really productive person. But then it's like, well, why do I feel so anxious and stressed and adrenalized all the time? So if that has resonated, please reach out and let me know. Please reach, um, look online at Workaholics Anonymous. Go to a meeting. They recommend doing six. You will feel it's really weird at the beginning, I promise you. Um, you probably feel it's a bit culty. <laughs> I certainly did at the beginning with 12 steps, but honestly, it's amazing. It's worth sticking with and, and really just, just giving yourself some time. They recommend six meetings. Get the book, get the Workaholics Anonymous book and read through it. If you can't face, excuse me, hiccup um, or burp, don't know what that was. Oh God, another one, sort of an inverted hiccup. Maybe all hiccups are inverted, who knows? Um, but yeah, please do like get the book. It's amazing and it's a great place to start. Um and I'd love to hear any of your experiences of of if you've got a dog and anything I've shared is related to there. Uh anything around the relationship piece and and knowing whether you're in a relationship and feel that both you and your partner can sort of prioritize your phone above each other. Um, or, or the comparison. I mean, there's so much I've covered today. So any of it, if it's resonated, I would love to hear from you. I'm really excited to get back, um, particularly on Instagram and, and, and hear from you guys. Cause it's been, it's been a while. Um, it's nice to feel excited about going on for like healthier reasons, as opposed to just sort of numb out. That's, um, that's what being off for a month has done for me. So yeah, Basically, I think what I want to leave you with and, you know, the one thing I want you to take away from this, if nothing else, is that it is 100% each of our responsibility to take stock of how social media and being online is affecting us and, and to act accordingly. So like with anything in life, creating space and setting appropriate boundaries is the best and most loving investment in your mental, emotional, spiritual, and indeed physical health that you could possibly make. So if this episode has resonated, I really hope that you'll listen to the guidance, the sort of inner nudge that you might be getting. And maybe you're not able to do a whole month. Maybe you're just like a day. <laughs> Start where you can, an hour, whatever it is for you, a week, whatever works. But I would definitely say build up to a month because doing a month, you know, I've done a week, it does not compare. It does not compare. And listen, reminder, I run an online business. I make my money by being online. I pay for my bills by being online. And I was able to do it. Um, and so, you know, it is absolutely possible. Don't let those stories tell you that, like, those sort of self-limiting beliefs and these narratives in your head tell you that, oh, it's not it's possible for Persia, but it's not for me. Just start thinking, well, how could I make this work for me? What could I do? Um, if I can't go a whole month, what can I do? Start there. I promise you, it's not just you'll feel like you've got more space and you've got more time, like the magic that you will attract into your life because your energy changes and we attract our, a match for our energetic frequency. And that's why I believe that we've attracted this, quite frankly, magical dog. Um, like I can't imagine if we if it hadn't been him and we got one later, just it, it had to be this little one. Like he's just, he's such a dude. You will meet him soon. Not on real, Not in real life, probably, virtually get ready for a lot of puppy spam. Anyway, I will stop talking now. 
Thank you so much if you have made it all the way to the end of this episode. Um, I really appreciate your time. I know it's busy out there. And um, yeah, I hope it's resonated. So hope to tune in. Hope you tune in for next week's episode. I promise you it's going to be a good one. Lots of love. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. I really do hope these episodes help you find dates that become mates and flings that become things with men who are ready, willing, and able to actually commit. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave me a review if you're getting value from these episodes. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other people who want or need the support. To have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. And if you want to learn how to court consciously during COVID and call in the healthy, happy relationship you desire and deserve, don't forget to download my free audio training called The Fastest Way to Meet Your Soulmate over at getyoursoulmate.com forward slash free training. The link is also in the show notes for this podcast episode. See you next week, gorgeous. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember, love is coming for you. So surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate. <laughs>